Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 273 on February 17th, 2021. Changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcasts is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partner's. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel, fully pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Click the Become a Patron button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys, specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER, that's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe, and you'll be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. (laughs) Okay, what's the news? First off, I would like to announce I am now on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok is bizarre, you guys, okay? TikTok is really strange. I think it's a bit of a time waster. I think it's difficult to curate your feed. However, I'm having a lot of fun doing frequently asked questions on there. And you know, you just have a minute to record something, so it's really limiting. But on the other hand, there are audiences out there that They really like those small bites and things. So I'm definitely on TikTok and my address is at Pegging Paradise. No spaces or anything in between. People have told me it's really difficult to find me there. There's a bunch of Ruby writers and I don't know why it doesn't come up easily on Pegging Paradise, but I will put the link for it in the linkorama for you guys. Otherwise, I'm not sure what to tell you in terms of what search terms will actually bring me up. But there you have it. I'm having a fun time there. It's a bit of a wild ride. Okay, let's jump into your questions. I love your content and all the advice you give and think you might be the best person to help me. My wife of four years, together for 10 years, will not get behind the pegging. No matter what angle I've tried, she hates the act. We have a strap on and we've used it a couple times, but it is just me bouncing on her and she doesn't really want any part of it. Am I completely screwed? Do I just have to accept our pegging fate and move on? We talk about it and she does not like the idea of wearing a, quote, male member, end quote, and fucking me. Maybe there is a better way to approach this with her. Thank you. Okay, so here is the deal. As pro-pegging as I am, and as aware as I am of all of the different fears and misconceptions, there still comes a point where every single person has the right to say no. It sounds like you're trying to force something that your partner has said no to. And that's never a good idea. It's really, really not. 
So I sound a little unsure here and I'm hesitating because that's not a cool thing to do. If your partner has said, I hate this, I don't want to do this, then maybe you just need to respect that. Now, I'm going to give you all different viewpoints around this that uh, I have floating in my head here. One is that if she is indeed affected by and reacting to perhaps those myths and misconceptions, then podcast number 112 might help. But you know, there's people out there that even after they listen to podcast number 112, they're like, okay, fine, but I just still don't want to have anything to do with asses or shit or whatever. So those that needs to be respected. So listening to 112 might help, but I don't want to encourage you to kind of harangue her. So that is one thing that goes through my head. Here's another aspect that goes through my head. I don't know anything about your relationship. I have no idea what kind of partnership you have, how well it works, how well it flows, how good of a husband you are to her. I say this a lot. Make sure your side of the street is clean. What does that mean? That means be the very best partner you can be for your for your wife. Be the kind of husband that is always there for her, supportive of her, doing extra jobs, pleasing her in bed, and all the different stuff that just gives her pleasure and helps her out and makes you in her eyes, the best husband you can possibly be. Because for all I know, you might be the kind of person that comes home from work, sits there, pops a beer and says, make my dinner and doesn't help out at all. I don't know what kind of relationship you have. And that's just an extreme example, okay? But that's the thing. I don't know what your situation is at home. So I encourage you to be the best husband you can be. Not only because then you stand the best chance of her eventually one day going, okay, you wanted to try this thing? Maybe we can do a little bit more of that because you've been treating me so well and I'm so happy that I want to do something for you now. See, it's the motivation, but you can't depend on that. You can't rely on it. You can't expect it. If you're going to be the best husband you can be, then be that because that's the best thing to do because it's the best for your relationship. So that's a factor as well. Here are a couple of other ideas. She says she doesn't want to strap on the male member. You know, there are some givers who draw the line at that and that needs to be respected. Is she willing to do a little ass play by hand, like with a dildo by hand? That may be all you're ever going to get. Because sometimes there's quite an investment in really rigid gender stereotypes. And this isn't a really horrible, bad thing. It's just the way somebody is and how they feel about things. So they don't want to strap that on because then they would never be able to maybe look at you the same way again. I've heard people say that before. So if she would do something by hand, that might be satisfactory to you. Or you could have a vibrating butt plug in and hand her the remote while you guys are having PIV. You could have a butt plug in while she's giving you a blow job. There's a bunch of different things that you can do which will still give you prostate stimulation, still give you a little bit of ass play, but of course are not pegging. And then definitely invest in some suction cup toys that you can use on your own so that you can have that satisfaction of playing with your own body and giving yourself some incredible sensations if she's not willing to play with you. And again, I don't know how your relationship works. It might be a situation where she would object to that. I have no idea. So those are lots of ideas for you from a lot of different perspectives. 
the overarching thing that I feel in this one, my instincts are like, you know, you might just have to accept the no. Good luck to you, sir. Hoping for a harness that holds. Hi, Ruby. I wanted to let you know that my wife and I recently discovered your podcast and it really spoke to us. We've only listened to three episodes so far, but it's been wonderful to find confirmation and validation in things about pegging that we've slowly discovered over time on our own. Things that you and your listeners have also shared. As a man, I can attest to the fact that it is hard to step out of the man box, But, for me anyway, having a loving, trusting partner to explore with has made all the difference. She eased us into the idea, pun intended, of pegging several years ago, understanding that I might be a little reluctant, but we've both grown to enjoy it very much. I think, just like you've said, that it's given us both a whole new perspective on the other's experience, not to mention new sore muscles. Although we've played with a variety of toys, we've only tried a harness once, and it didn't go very well. It was a cheap panties harness that just couldn't keep even a small toy very stable, so we abandoned it. But after listening to your podcast, we decided to try again. Earlier this week, we ordered the strap-on-me bendable vibrating dual-ended dildo from EnticeMe.com and wanted to get your thoughts on the best harness to use with it. We were considering the Aslan Leather Minx. We heard about this harness from another one of your podcasts and wanted to know if the toy might work well with that harness. Are there others that might be better for it? We wanted to know your thoughts on the best harness to use with it. My wife is a size 4, depending on the clothes, as you've mentioned that size might matter when considering the harness. Thanks for putting all of your knowledge out there and sharing so much. Hope you have a great day. Sincerely, hoping for a harness that holds. (laughs) So in terms of harness feedback for that particular toy, and I hope that you are going to enjoy that toy very much. Pretty much everyone who has bought it so far has said, oh my God, it's amazing. I tested that harness out with the spare part Sasha, and I liked it very much. Now, the caveat being I did not test it out with a partner, okay? I was fucking a pillow. (laughs) But the reason that I liked the Sasha the best was because, quite honestly, those harnesses are supposed to fit fairly snug, and it was fitting very snug because I've gained some weight during COVID. So it was really holding that toy in and against me nicely. So basically, that external clitoral surface that has the vibe in it was feeling really good because the harness held it really tightly against that surface. Now, the Aslan Leather Minx can do the same, but it's going to be kind of a different experience. Sometimes when people are trying to decide between the two, the Sasha is a panty style harness, so your bits aren't going to be accessible. So if you perhaps play in a manner where sometimes you're fucking her or playing with her bits and then she will be fucking you, it's better to have a harness that is crotchless, so to speak, which would be the two-strap harness, and that's the Aslan Leather Minx. So that is something to take into consideration. If your lady likes anal stimulation and she would enjoy having something inside her ass, even something that vibrates, you can turn all the vibrations on at the same time. I laugh about that sometimes, but I've really considered that. It's like, let's just make everything vibrate. (laughs) 
Anyway, you can absolutely get a vibrating butt plug and there is a thing called a double up cuff, which can slide along those two straps of the Aslan Leather Minx. So you can put whatever you want in your butt and you can put a vibrating uh, butt plug in there and with a remote, right? It might be a little confusing to have two remotes. <laughs> anyway, that's an option as well. I'm just trying to help you sort out the different reasons why you would choose one over the other. The Aslan Leather makes us the best leather harness out there and it pretty much fits any size body. There are two sizes of the Aslan Leather Minx, hips less than 30 inches and hips more than 30 inches all the way up to 60. There's only one body type that I know it doesn't fit very well and that would be the big beautiful body type with the lovely large belly and the big fupa which is like the fleshy upper pubic area. Those types of bodies require a panty style harness to kind of hold that in and contain it and keep it out of the way so you can have some fun pegging and you can insert your toy a little bit further but that's not the case if your partner is a size four so either one of those harnesses would be lovely um, maybe you can make the decision on how you play together <laughs> okay if you get the aslan leather minks make sure to get a set of the silicone o-rings mostly because you're going to want to finesse the fit of that o-ring on the toy and the more choices you have the that set of silicone rings is not expensive and the more choices you have the more you can get just the right fit to hold that toy really tightly so that it's not an issue and it doesn't move around very much but either one of those harnesses would be lovely and please do let us know how you like that toy absolutely i'll put links to all the stuff that i mentioned in the linkorama the Aslan Leather Minx, the Spare Parts Sasha, the link to my review of that Strap-On-Me toy, which talks about the Spare Parts Sasha that I used, and also the Double Up Cuff, and last but not least, uh, the Vibrating Butt Plug, <laughs> the B-Vibe Triplet with a remote. That might be fun to put in there as well, if that's something that interests you or her. <laughs> But please do let us know how it goes, whatever you end up with, how you like the toy, how you like the harness, how they work together, the whole thing. Have fun, you two. My next letter is in response to the last podcast that I did. Hi, Ruby. Great podcast. Please keep telling people to send in the whole story. And he's written whole story in caps. No pun intended. While my goal of getting my girlfriend to peg me is probably not realistic, I have not given up. There are bits and pieces in those long stories, which just might be useful to those of us trying to get someone else to try it. And I think he was talking about this in response to, I had a couple of people who told long, long stories recently, and they said, I'm sorry this is so long. And you know what? Sometimes it's really helpful that it's really long. And if I feel like it's way too long, I'll edit it. So I totally agree with this person. Send in the whole story. Someone will usually benefit from some part of it. Here's the next one. Hi, Ruby. My boyfriend and I are very new to pegging. He found a link for your webinar on Reddit. I took your beginner's webinar the very next day. It was fantastic. I told him he should take it too. I've also started listening to your amazing podcasts. We've had some beginner struggles that I was hoping you could give us some advice on. First, he's very nervous about having someone's finger in his ass, so I don't do that. I wish we could try because I know that many men get a lot of pleasure out of that. 
I don't want to do anything he doesn't want to do, but I also don't want him to miss out on something that could be amazing for him. I should mention I have no experience doing this, though. Next is, the other night, he thought it would be fun if he wore a butt plug for the evening to get him a little stretched out and turned on before I fucked him later with our new toy. He said he really liked it, but it was a little uncomfortable when sitting. When we got home and we got started, he said his asshole was a little tired from being so stretched all night. Also, I think our new dildo might have been a bit too big for him. I said maybe we should start a little smaller since we're new at this, even though he was looking forward to being fucked by a bigger cock. Any tips on how we could have done that night better? Pegging has made our relationship even stronger and more intimate, but with your advice, I think it could be even better. Thank you. Newbie in New Jersey. Okay, newbie in New Jersey. Uh, Let's see. He's really nervous about having someone's finger in his ass. So one of the things I would recommend is, okay, don't put your finger in his ass, but you can do all kinds of wonderful, teasing, foreplay, delicious sensations just by being on the outside. And you could totally swear to him, promise him, and never, ever violate that trust that you won't put it in. You're just massaging the outside of it, circling around, tapping it a little bit, touching it, caressing it. That can be really exquisitely pleasurable and it can be also really relaxing because it kind of sounds like he needs to relax just a little bit. And that's an assumption, but There may be some reason he's nervous about having someone's fingers in his ass. Maybe somebody did it before at some point and they had sharp nails. So, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons. But if it's something he really doesn't want, then that's totally fine. Um, This next part here about how he was looking forward to being fucked by a bigger cock. You know what I call that? You heard it because you took my beginner's webinar. I call, or I don't know if I say it in every webinar. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Don't let your eyes be bigger than your ass. No matter how long you as the giver have fantasized about fucking someone with a really big toy or use the receiver as fantasized about getting fucked with a really big toy, don't start there. That's the silly place to start. You cannot start in where your fantasies are. You can work up to that, absolutely. But give your ass a chance, people. (laughs) Start with something smaller, absolutely. And it sounds as if your partner might benefit from a little teasing to make him a little bit hungry for it. Um, And that's just an idea because since you've already done a little bit of pegging, sounds like you haven't done very much, you could sort of lead up to it again and say, hey, so Tuesdays and Saturdays or whatever, we're going to do ass play night. And you could just do the outside a little bit, play around with it a little bit, maybe use a very small handheld toy, and that's it. You know, don't strap it on, don't do the whole thing, and then maybe finish up with whatever sexy times thing you want. PIV, meaning penis and vagina, stuff like that. Blowjob, whatever works, whatever you guys enjoy. And then finally get to the point where he's just like, okay, come on, I want you to fuck me. Because being hungry for it can really be an advantage. It can be something that allows you to, the wantingness of it, if you will, will help open up, will help enjoy, as opposed to, well, I think I can handle this. See what I mean? It's just a little bit of a shift to perception, and that small shift in perception can absolutely have some effects on your body and your body's willingness to open up to it. Now, the butt plug thing. 
You don't tell me what kind of butt plug he wore for the evening, but one of the things that I notice a lot about butt plugs is that the neck of it is big enough to where it tends to hold open that anal sphincter and so if you're wearing it for long-term wear as opposed to just for fun for a little bit, like if you're doing stuff and you're sitting and walking around and things like that, that sensation of having your sphincter held open can be kind of tiring and can get sort of old after a while, which is why one of the best lines of butt plugs I know about is the B-Vibe snug plugs. And the reason they're so good is because those snug plugs have a very narrow neck, okay? So that narrow neck allows the sphincter to close all the way. And even though it looks a little scary, sort of like, ooh, that's a thin piece of silicone holding that plug in, it, they're very strong. So not to worry in that regard, but they have four different sizes. And it allows you to have that plug in for long-term wear very comfortably and not feel like your sphincter is being held open. So I'll put the link to those snug plugs in the linkorama. And let's see. Yeah, I again, you don't give me measurements in terms of what you were using. So I don't really have anything to judge by. But I'm going to put a link to a few toys in the linkorama under the heading um, good starter toys. You know, and basically the... Measurements I go by usually are six inches long and an inch and a quarter in diameter. That's a good place to start. But take a look at what you already have. And I suspect it's bigger than that since he voiced the, well, I really wanted to be fucked by something bigger, right? <laughs> so I think you probably got one at least medium size. So maybe take a look at those beginner toys and start there. That's always the place to start is smaller as opposed to larger. You can have this desire to get fucked by something really big, and that's awesome, but you need to allow your ass the time to get there. You don't start there, okay? One last thing that I would suggest, and this is something that you certainly have the right to decide whether or not you're comfortable with, is rimming. Because in my world, there is nothing like a warm, wet tongue to open up someone's ass and get them really comfortable with that. So if that's something that you're willing to do or you're interested in, you can certainly try that and see how that sensation feels because it's so, so different than a finger. Oh my gosh. Sometimes people talk about fingers feeling kind of pokey and not soft enough. And clearly, if you're going to put fingers in somebody's ass, you need to have those nails trimmed and not try and duplicate some kind of porn movie that you've seen with <laughs> with enormously long nails going into asses. Don't do that, people. It's kabuki sex. Don't do it. It's a show. It's not real. <laughs> anyway, um, tongues feel exquisite because they're warm and they're squishy and they're wet and it's just you know it can feel delightful and if you're kind of squicked out by that which some people are and I totally don't blame you if you get squicked out about that there's dental dams as well and those are very very thin pieces of latex that you they're like sheets of latex and you put the lube on the anus put the latex barrier there and then stick your tongue there and those sheets of latex are so thin that it's almost like there's no barrier there so you can do that safely and not get squicked out because there's a barrier there if that's an experience that you would like to provide him or at least allow him to try out. So I'll put the links to all that stuff in there, the latex barrier, the toys, all the stuff we talked about. Have fun. Thank you for writing in and telling your story and asking for the advice, the newbie in New Jersey. <laughs> Here's my next letter. 
Many thanks for your lovely work. It has helped me. My wife is going to use a prostate massager on me for the first time tonight. I'm thinking down the track. I'd like to buy her the Fuse Tango Double. Can you use the spare part Sasha harness with this toy? I'd also like to buy something like an 8-inch version of the Fuse Harmony dildo for use by an ovary owner. (laughs) Does the spare part Sasha harness support both these types of toys, please? Okay, so let me take a look at the things you're talking about here. The Fuse Tango Double will absolutely fit beautifully in the Sasha harness. And don't forget with the Fuse Tango Double that the best vibe for that, if your partner is interested in the vibe end of things, is the We Vibe Tango. Just happens to have the same name, Tango Tango. I'll put a link for those in the Linkorama. That We Vibe Tango Mini Vibe is the best one on the market. It's the strongest one. It's rechargeable. It's waterproof. It's amazing. It's absolutely a rumbly, strong vibe. And inserted into the Vibe Insert area in the Fuse Tango, it's amazing. So yes, it'll work perfectly fine with the Sasha Harness. Now, you're also looking to get something like an 8-inch version of the Fuse Harmony. When you're talking about 8-inch long toys, you are limited. Um, And you do say it's for use by an ovary owner. So I'm not sure whether you mean for use by strapping it on, but you, you wouldn't have specified it that way, meaning something to go inside an ovary owner. Oh, that's a little confusing. If you mean something to go inside an ovary owner, well, actually, the 8-inch toys are, you know, there's only a few, so it's not going to really make any difference which direction you're talking about. And yes, it will absolutely work beautifully with the Sasha harness as well. There are three that I can think of, and the Fuse Harmony dildo is a pretty firm, it's like a medium firm toy. It is not a dual density or squishy type of toy. So um, God Miche makes beautiful eight inch long toys, but they're a little bit wide. They're more for advanced users because I believe the diameter is 1.875 inches. And there are two others that you can take a look at, but those are dual density. So they're gonna be a little softer than that Fuse Harmony because of the dual density, which means that squishy outside and then a more rigid core for the inside for functionality. And those two are either the New York Toy Collective Mason, which has a pretty pronounced head. Some receivers like that pronounced coronal ridge on the head because it goes back and forth over the prostate deliciously. The other one does not have as much of a pronounced head and is a little bit smaller at the head of it, that would be the Vixen Creations Slim, and that's eight inches long, also an inch and a half wide, but that inch and a half measurement on that toy is at the base of it, because it starts off more slender, about an inch and a quarter, without the pronounced head. So all those choices are gonna be in the Linkorama for you. Hopefully one of them will suffice, but both of those, or all three of them, I should say, all three of those eight inch long toys are going to be very suitable and work perfectly well with the spare parts Sasha, definitely. I have to say lately, my favorite harness is the Sasha. It just holds things in and on so well. And those garters and everything, it just makes your butt look beautiful. And yeah, can't say enough about the spare part, Sasha. It's a fantastic harness. So let us know what you get and how you like it. Thanks for the letter. Here's my next one. 
Hi, I'm a guy from the Middle East, and as you might know, our culture isn't open-minded when it comes to pegging, as it's a shame if a man loses his manhood. I met an Arabic female who agreed to be my sexual partner. We do nothing but pegging. She told me she loves pegging because she likes the idea of watching a man in a submissive position. She also says she learned how males are weaker sexually, which I agree with. Once she pulls my balls from behind, I get on my knees and my asshole is exposed to her strap-on. I also enjoy feeling weak, being under her mercy as my balls in her hand and my ass being penetrated. She likes to cause a little pain for me to hear me moaning, and I like that as well. Even if I don't feel sensual pleasure, my question is, is it healthy to see it this way? Thank you for sharing all of that. First of all, it's very brave of you to write in and tell your story about that, especially given the circumstances of where you live, what the beliefs in your country are, and all of those things. First, I would like to reassure you that being penetrated does not take away your manhood. And I would also like to reassure you that if you enjoy being submissive sexually with your partner and allowing her to have the dominant position and penetrate you and cause you a little pain, that is totally, totally fine. The main thing that you need to keep in mind and follow when you have sexual interactions with another partner is that it is consensual and that it is safe. If she's doing things to you that are not safe, that cause you pain, then you don't want to do that. But as long as it's just a little pain here and there, and you are enjoying that, and you have agreed to it, and you like it, no problem. That's exactly what the BDSM whole thing is about. The BDSM is four letters that stand for three different combinations. The B, D in the beginning is bondage and discipline. The two middle letters, DS, is dominance and submission. The last two letters, SM, is sadism and masochism. All of those things come into play in BDSM. You're just enjoying what a lot of people would look at as kind of like a little kinkier sex, that Fifty Shades of Grey type of experimentation. Is it healthy that you like to do that? Whatever you like to do sexually with another partner, safely and consensually, is fine. It's completely healthy. And I encourage you to take a big, long, deep breath and let go of any shame and embarrassment. I am so happy for you that you found a partner to explore with that is eager to do this with you. I'm thrilled for you because that is a difficult thing to find where you live. Have fun with it. Thanks for the letter. Here's another short letter. The subject is prostate stimulation. I've read a lot of different posts on the pegging sex act, but how does one know that they are stimulating it while pegging, meaning the prostate, I'm assuming? Is there a noticeable bump on the instroke that you can pick up on, or is it more like you are driving in the back door, so by default you're hitting it? Okay, so here's a little physiology information about the prostate. The prostate is a gland. Its job is to create prostatic fluid, which is one of the ingredients in ejaculate. So whenever you get excited, however that happens, whether you're watching porn or kissing your partner, imagining things or what have you, 
the prostate begins making prostatic fluid because what it, its job is to prepare you for that ejaculation. So it starts manufacturing that fluid and fills up with it. So when the fluid starts to fill up that gland in preparation for the ejaculation, two things happen. One is that it's a little easier to find for a person putting a finger in there because it is swollen with fluid. So it's a little more rigid than the tissue around it. It is about the length of a finger inside your ass and toward the front of you, so toward your belly button, okay? Occasionally, prostates will be a little too far back or the fingers will be a little too short and people will not be able to match that up well if this is something you're exploring with a partner. There's another reason why it's easier to find when it's swollen with fluid, and that would be that it is more sensitive. So if you're having trouble finding it because you're not really feeling it there, it's sort of like you can't find a spot that feels any different than anything else. What I would suggest is get really, really turned on, whether however you want to do that. If you have a partner, have a little uh, PIV, meaning penis and vagina, a little blowjob, give her oral sex, whatever really turns you on. Or if you don't have a partner, watch your favorite porn, jerk off for a little bit, and then do your exploration into your ass and see if you can find a spot that feels a little bit different. And remember, it's in and toward the front of you. So it's in about uh, three inches or so, and then toward your belly button. So if you're driving in the back door by default, you're hitting it, not necessarily. It would depend on the angle of what you're putting in your ass, basically. You can angle it the wrong way and kind of miss it. So yeah, there you go. And if it is swollen with fluid, there is a noticeable bump. And it's not just on the in-stroke. It can be in-stroke and out-stroke. It also depends on the toy. You've got a really pronounced coronal head. It will stroke that a little harder. You're going to be able to notice that stimulation more. So that's a lot of information for a short question. <laughs> I hope I answered your question. Thank you very much for the letter. Here is my next one. The subject here is pegging slash BDSM instruction. My boyfriend and I, I am female, participate in one of your pegging webinars. It was something we were both very excited to try for quite some time and wanted some instruction. And it was so helpful and has become an incredible part of our relationship. I have a question now. We would both like to incorporate BDSM into our bedroom as well, but do not know how to start. I would very much like to be the dominant one and he would like me to be as well. And it is something we are very excited to try. I didn't know if there was a way for us to take a class with you over the internet to learn the basics, things to ask each other, things to avoid, etc. So here you go. Um, the very first thing to do is to sit down with your partner and talk about what the word dominance means to you because you two could be envisioning something completely different and it's really important that you get on the same page. So when you think of being dominant, whatever comes to your head that you're about thinking about trying, that you think you might like, you think might enjoy delivering to your partner, doing to your partner, saying to your partner, all of those different things. And even maybe if you want to do this exercise, writing it down separately from each other so you can concentrate on what that looks like to you in your head, right? Then sit down and compare those things. And it's really important to do this because the word dominance can be interpreted many, many different ways. And when that happens, sometimes you can cross wires and not in a good way. So often when there is a desire for the giver to be more dominant, 
unfortunately, it doesn't get really specifically communicated how they want that dominance to be. So the receiver will say, I want you to fuck me, but I really, really want you to fuck me like you, I really want you to be dominant. I want you to dominate me. Oh my goodness, that can look so many different ways. There's ways to do dirty talk. You can incorporate subtle or not so subtle humiliation in it. Call the person names. You know, do they envision being called a dirty slut? You know, there's so many different things you can do. Do they picture you teasing the fuck out of them, you know, and not allowing them to come for a long period of time and fucking them and playing with their cock and doing different things and saying, no, you don't get to come yet and doing total orgasm control? Do they picture impact play? Do they picture being spanked or beaten or tied up? See what I mean? There's so many different things. So, Do that exercise of writing that down and then talking to each other. And I'm also going to give you some resources that you can check out that will hopefully give you ideas and also some things to read about how you as a female can be dominant. There is a book by Janet Hardy that's fantastic. And there is a series of books that are great by a friend of mine in Australia named Ferns. She's written some how-to things that are very, very helpful. So I'll put the links to those in the linkorama. And by the way, just a short personal story about Ferns. Long time ago, we crossed paths on the internet. And I was one of those beginning sex educators that also wrote erotica. And I was kind of annoying and asked her if she would read something and tell me what she thought. I think we crossed paths on FetLife, if I'm not mistaken. And I know how annoying that can be now because I get people who ask me that. And it's like, I don't have time to read your erotica. And by the way, I really hate most of it sadly. And so I don't want to be mean and say, yeah, you know, your continuity sucks, your editing sucks, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, she said this kind of the same thing in very diplomatic terms and said, you know, I'm probably not going to like it because I really don't like most people's writing. But if you want to send it to me, I'll look it over and I'm going to be totally honest with you. And I took a deep breath and I sent it to her. And she pointed out one lack of continuity, one error that I'd made that I corrected. But she said pretty much it's really well written. So yeah, good job. And I'm like, yay. And anyway, we've been friends ever since. She's a lovely dominant woman that actually has a podcast now. I have not listened to it and I really want to it for no other reason than to hear her dulcet Australian tones. (laughs) That because I love accents, right? Anyway, everything she's written, we've crossed paths many, many times since then. I do consider her a friend, even though she's all the way over in Australia and I have never met her. So I will hook you up to her books. And there is the end of my personal story. Thank you so much for asking. I don't really teach classes over the internet about this. A lot of people have asked me to do like a webinar about how to be dominant in things. But beyond those initial suggestions, it's really a journey that's kind of trial and error. One of the most important things is that when you try these things together, to have the debriefing, do the thing, be really honest in the moment about what's working and what's not. In other words, if something is really not working, whether the giver or the receiver, you must speak up every fucking time, okay? Because that's the only way to be authentic and be honest that you're going to find your groove and be delighted by the way that your mm, giving and receiving kind of flow together and cause all kinds of excitement, right? But also, after you do the thing, at some point in time, do the debrief and talk about what worked and what didn't, what you might like more of next time, what you might like less of, see what I mean? 
In that way, if you keep up that habit, you will finesse it until you don't really need to do a lot of talking. It, you know the person, you know because that's what they like and you've talked about it before and you can see the way they move and hear their moans and you get the point. Enjoy, you two. And there's also the option of going on to FetLife and joining some of the groups in the subjects that you're interested in, whether it's impact play or paddling or bondage or that kind of thing, because there are specialists there who can give you all kinds of different hints and point you to other resources. So that is an option as well. Thank you for the letter. Enjoy exploring. Here is another letter. I have type 1 diabetes, which can be one big bouquet of dysfunction, but pops up in two ways in this realm. The first being physical fatigue from high blood sugar, and the second having to be on the lookout for low blood sugars, which can be brought on by medium to intense physical exercise. Even when I'm at my best, it seems it's in my interest to be economical with physical exercise to avoid crashing. Having said that, I do still want to be doing something if only for the experience of contributing a meaningful thrust in some way. Basically, I'm in the market for cheats that could deliver intense sensation or at least a more typical topping experience without leaving me a shaky mess in the bad way. I'm interested in anything and everything you've got to offer on this end, including dom tricks, physical or mental. Thanks again. And this is from Ash. Ash, thank you so much for this question. And I do believe you've sent it to me a couple different times once was through Sparkso, which <laughs> you took one of my webinars. So I apologize, it's taken a bit for me to respond to this. It's taken me a bit to get this freaking podcast out. As you all know, you've all been waiting rather patiently. Usually when I don't put a podcast out in this length of time, somebody writes me and goes, are you okay? <laughs> and sure, I've had COVID, but you know, my COVID wasn't that bad. I think I was working through emotional stuff and my procrastination and this whole isolation thing for the last year, which is now over because I've had the disease. And anyway, I'm getting off track here. Here I am. Thank you for writing. And let me answer your question for you. So any position that allows you to just lay there, okay, and have your partner ride you, of course, is going to be good. Even though I hear you loud and clear about you want to contribute a meaningful thrust, <laughs> One of the things that I've discovered recently with a specific cushion that I found, it's the Liberator Whirl, and basically it's a really nice, really firm bolster is what it is. So it's long and it's a round, long pillow, if you will. It's like a massage bolster, okay, that you would put your feet over your knees over when you're getting a massage. But this one is very firm and it's actually quite big in diameter. It's like 10 inches. So one of the things that you can do, if you can picture this happening, is the giver is laying on their back and this particular bolster is under their knees. Okay, their partner's riding them, which is the position called cowboy. But because that bolster's under your knees, you can use that as a fulcrum and you can thrust upward because of that cushion under your knees. So they're riding and they're on top of you, but you can also thrust up into them. So that's an idea. Um, and there are two other positions that I can think of that have the giver sitting like in a chair. There's the chairman. I'll link to these as well. And there's also one on the corner of the bed. Now, all of these are not necessarily you really thrusting. It's more your partner riding you. And I, again, I hear you loud and clear that you want to do something 
One of the best investments I've ever made, and I really wish I was an affiliate for this company because I probably sent them a lot of business. <laughs> it's a sex swing, right? It is a sex swing. But as soon as I say sex swing, don't picture the hard point in the ceiling that's needed because this is freestanding. It's called gym support. And I've talked about it many times. I talk about it in uh, two of my three webinars or maybe just one. It's hard to recall anyway. The point is it's freestanding and it literally breaks down into a duffel bag. I kid you not. Uh, the footprint that it requires is six feet by four feet. But here's the beauty of it. If you are the giver, the reason I suggest it so much for givers who are less able-bodied is because literally you can adjust the height of it so that your partner, when they're in the swing, is exactly where you need them to be, okay? That perfect height so that you can stand flat-footed and comfortable, no problem. And then, rather than doing the one that's doing all the thrusting, you literally can just take the rings that the chains are, are connected to with your arms and pull those back and forth and you're fucking your partner. It's pretty freaking awesome. You can do that as opposed to having to use your body a lot and thrust and use your hips and your back, which can be tiring. But overall, even if you are using your hips and your back, it's a really, uh, it's an economical way to use your energy to fuck someone because it's so easy to do. And I will always be thankful to my friend who, who said, you need one of these. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, who are just tuning into this podcast, yes, I'm a sex worker. Yes, I specialize in pegging. And she said, I just have this picture of, you know, this line of guys sitting in a chair down your hall waiting to get into your room. And you have this swing in there because it's so easy to fuck somebody with this swing. And she is absolutely a less able-bodied person. So I will always be very thankful to my friend for recommending that because it was an excellent purchase. Now it's kind of pricey. I think it runs around four or 500 bucks, somewhere in there. There are options. I got the tall frame because the tall frame, when I have high heels on, which I tend to work in heels, uh, I'm 6'2". There's also a beefy frame for anybody over 300 pounds. So anybody who's going to be in the swing that's over 300 pounds, you need the beefy frame. And then there's the regular one. And there's a bunch of different choices for the swing part of it too, leather and fabric and padded and what have you. I'm going to link to one that I have, but feel free to look around. So that's an option as well. That can be wonderful. Now, in terms of not so much the physical stuff, um... Let's see, everything I've got to offer, including Dom Tricks, mental or physical. So you talk about Dom Tricks. So I'm assuming that potentially you might want to include some BDSM play. So I'm going to describe one of my favorite things to do. I have a stationary massage table. It doesn't have to be a stationary one. It can be a regular one. And I tie the person I'm playing with face down onto the table and they're laying face down and they have that same bolster, the whirl that I talked about. And of course, I'll put that in the link ram as well. It's the liberator whirl under their pelvic area. And then I pull their wonderful dangly bits and maybe not so dangly back behind that. That way I've got access to everything. That way I have access to their ass. I can beat it because I'm a sadist, right? Because <laughs> I'm into BDSM. I can play with it. I can tease it. I can put a vibrator on it. And I can play with their cock and balls too. I can take a silk scarf and tie it around their balls and pull on them while I beat them or while I take a handheld toy and fuck them. So maybe 
if you want to do something like that, it might be kind of cool to be able to just use your arms and hands to give them the experience you want to, as opposed to actually doing the fucking. Because I say lots of times, you know, the fucking is kind of an athletic event. And I get that you don't have that much energy, but there are ways to give your partner an experience without you actually having to be fucking them that are exquisite. So you can consider those as well. Uh, what other suggestions can I think of? Oh, I remember. So I'm going to put a link to a specific picture. It's actually not a picture. It's a GIF. (laughs) And the reason I think of it, I, I saw your letter and I remembered immediately the picture that I had posted up on my blog for the last podcast that I did. And if you can picture this, it's kind of like doggy style. Okay. But the giver is just kind of uh, upright on their knees, right? And basically the receiver is doing all the work. They're down there just fucking themselves, which is pretty cool. And immediately when I saw your letter, I thought, hey, she could try this out. So I'm going to put a link to that GIF as well. Good luck with all that. Let us know how it goes and what works for you, what you end up getting, what you end up trying, because I'm sure there's somebody else listening to this podcast that has that issue and would love to hear what worked for you. Thanks for the letter. We're done, you guys. Wow. (laughs) Peggingparadise.com is where you can find my blog, podcasts, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream them directly from my website if you want to. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, MeWe, Reddit, PleaseMe, and TikTok. (laughs) <laughs> when you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, please do remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping of your entire order. Send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too far-fetched, too freaky, or too fanatical. <laughs> my listeners are going to learn along with you, so don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. You rock! Happy shame. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Happy shame and no pegging. (laughs) I'm going to leave this in here. (laughs) Happy pegging and no shame. (laughs) I think I'm a little COVID, like, uh, I don't know, silly. (laughs) Happy pegging and no shame. Mm -hmm.